Hi, I'm Rose Eveleth, and you're listening to the Science Line podcast. This is the sound of science. On May 2nd, President Barack Obama announced that the United States Special Forces had found and killed Osama bin Laden. Then the crowd started to gather. Here they are at the White House. This one's from Iowa State University. And, of course, Ground Zero. These crowds are all chanting the same thing. That USA hits all the targets of a good chant. Basically, it has to be short. It has to be direct. You have to get your message out in ten words or less. Make it easy for people to repeat. That also encapsulates the, the basic message of the protest. You know, what are we about? What are we against? What are we for? You know, in terms that are simple enough to be repeated loudly and frequently. So it's short, it's easy to repeat, everybody knows it, and it captures your message. Ta-da! A good chant. And we love good chants. We chant at football games, yoga studios, religious sermons, rallies, and even weddings. There's nothing more powerful about persuading you as an individual that you're on the right path than if other people share that. That's Dick Flax, a professor of sociology at UC Santa Barbara, who co-wrote a book about protest music and chants. If you want to get a lot of people singing together loudly and effectively, it's good if they know the song. Getting all those people to say what you want, however, is a little bit harder. So, how many of you have been to an action? Alright, how many of you have chanted at an action? How many of you have ever felt a little bit embarrassed about the chant? Alright. My name is Kathleen Sutcliffe and I'm a founding member and saxophone player with the Raucous Caucus Brigade in Washington, D.C. A few weeks ago, Kathleen held a workshop to help young activists think a little more deeply about the chants that they're using. The tagline for their session was, Hey, hey, ho, ho, lame-ass chants have got to go. A part of any healthy movement's um, toolkit should be, should be some really um, dynamic, interesting chants. Kathy Marino, an organizer with Marriage Equality New York, agrees. You have to remember that the, uh, um, a, a large group of people um, are going to be saying this. A bad chant, she says, could ruin everything. You can potentially go against yourself, more or less. You could potentially uh, give a messaging that's negative. And really what, you, what you're after is to get your message across in the most positive way possible. But what makes a bad chant? Turns out nobody really studies bad chants because it's almost impossible. No one remembers them, and that's the worst kind of chant of all. But there are some things we know about bad chants. I know it when I hear it and when I'm not saying it all that loud. Anything too long and you're just, you're like, oh, am I really standing up here hollering all this? This feels kind of weird. That's Louisa Edgerly. She's a professor of communications at the University of Washington who studies how protests are covered by the media. Except she doesn't call them protests. Strategic communicative action, which is sort of how we would talk about protests as communication scholars. It's 
can't just say protest. It's got to be a three-word label. These strategic communicative actions, we'll keep calling them protests, are full of chance. Edgar Lee points to Si Se Puede, which became popular during Obama's 2008 presidential campaign. I think Si Se Puede has a huge resonance internally with participants in the movement. And this, you know, there's nothing more affirmative than saying, yes, we can. I find it really appealing. And it's funny, because sibilant S's you wouldn't think would be super effective. But it's got really nice vowels. Yeah, I like the um, I am somebody chant. Um, because it's, it's really hard to argue with. That's Kathy Marino again. I deserve full equality right here, right now. It's very hard to disagree with. I deserve! I deserve! Full equality! Full equality! That chant is easy to follow. Everybody feels powerful when saying it. It's very personal. So, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. Dick Flax doesn't have a favorite, but he was struck by one of the chants in Egypt this past spring. In the uh, square in Cairo, in Liberation Square, uh, they chanted in Arabic, leave, 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 leave. Presumably, if half a million people are chanting leave and you're the ruler of the country, you might get the point. They don't have to explain anything, right? It's so obvious that you should, if you're Mubarak, that you should leave. All of these chants work for different reasons and arise out of various levels of planning. Leave probably wasn't decided upon by a group of activists. Neither was USA at Ground Zero a few weeks ago. They both just happened. You know, if you want those numbers to turn out, you want them to be, to be saying stuff that they're proud of and, and coming, coming away from, from the action feeling like they've, they've been a part of something worthwhile. Because um, otherwise, you know, you might lose them and they might not show up at the next one. Creating the perfect chant may never be an exact science. But in the end, Sutcliffe says, you've got one main goal. You want to feel like you're on the winning team. This podcast has been brought to you by ScienceLine.org. I'm Rose Eveleth. Thanks for listening.